From the Financial Times in London, I'm Chris Nuttall and this is FT News. Uber's board has voted to approve a sweeping governance overhaul that will tip the balance away from founding investors, including former Chief Executive Travis Kalanick. And this opens the way for an investment led by SoftBank that could be worth more than $10 billion. Here with me to discuss this and what it means for the company is Leslie Hook, our correspondent in San Francisco. Leslie, tell us a bit about the background to this vote and what it tells us about the power struggle between supporters and opponents of Travis Kalanick. Hi, Chris. Well, there was a very long and difficult road to reach this point, this sort of truce that we have right now. So the problems really started earlier this year in February when allegations of sexual harassment sparked off a series of crises in the company. We saw top executives depart. We saw lawsuits spring up over alleged trade secrets theft. We just saw Uber get hit with one thing after another. And this culminated in investors deciding to oust Travis Kalanick in June. They asked him to step down as chief executive, and he did. However, he still had an immense amount of power over the company. He has around 10% of Uber's shares, and due to super voting rights, he controls about 16% of the vote. He has three board seats that he controls, and he also has allies among Uber's other early employees. So Travis Kalanick, even when he was not CEO, was still behind the scenes. Then Act 2, Derek Khosrowshahi becomes Uber's new chief executive in September. He immediately faces a very difficult situation with the board because there's so much tension and divisions on the board between Travis and Uber's investors. One of those investors, Benchmark, actually sued Travis to try and kick him off the board a few months ago. So Dara immediately had to deal with the situation. He's been CEO for a month. I hear he spent sort of most of his time trying to deal with the board and put out the fire. So it's a very, very long backstory, but there were deep, deep tensions. And this proposal for sweeping governance changes went through a lot of twists and turns as well. But what we've seen with the vote now is that everyone has sort of found a compromise that will take Uber forward, allow Dara, the new CEO, to consolidate his control and lead the company, and Uber will be pursuing this huge investment deal with SoftBank. So that's what's next. So in brief, what are the actual governance changes that will apparently weaken Mr. Kalanick's uh, hold on the company? Well, it's quite a list. The first one is that all super voting shareholders are going to lose their extra voting rights. So it's going to become one share, one vote for everyone. Now that's a compromise because a lot of Uber's early investors, like Benchmark, are giving up their voting rights. But I think early investors were willing to do this because it also meant that Travis, his co-founder, Garrett Camp, other early employees would also give up their voting rights. So it was sort of like everyone agreeing to take a step back at the same time. And this will increase the percentage of the vote that's controlled by Uber's more recent shareholders and later shareholders, and ultimately SoftBank and a consortium of other investors that are about to become new investors in the company. So that super voting change, is uh, that's number one. That's very unusual. Uh, I mean, governance experts I've spoken to say they can't really think of any company of Uber's size making a change 
like this. Number two, the board will expand from 11 seats to 17 seats, which is quite a large number. It will be adding two new seats for SoftBank if that deal goes through, and it will add a new independent chairman and additional directors. This will also dilute the control of early investors who are on the board, like Benchmark and TPG. It will dilute Travis's control. He controls three board seats. Um, There's also a couple other provisions that are a little bit more down in the weeds. The board agreed that they want to take Uber public by the end of 2019. That's two years from now. So really an accelerated timetable. When Dara became CEO, he said he wanted to take Uber public in 18 to 36 months. Now we're looking at more like 24 months. So uh, their financial interests of the board members are pretty much aligned. So I think there is consensus around moving towards IPO. And then there were other changes. For example, any new chief executive of Uber will need uh, two-thirds approval of this giant board. The thing that seems to have brought people together is money, obviously. Can you talk a little about how important this SoftBank-led investment is in bringing this rather fractious board together on something? Well, the SoftBank investment is going to serve two real purposes. And I should first mention that it's not only SoftBank. There's also some money coming in from Dragoneer, an investment firm, and from General Atlantic and other investors who haven't been named yet, although most of the money is coming from SoftBank. I hear it's about 75%. So this deal will really serve two purposes. Number one, it will allow Uber to show that SoftBank is on its side. SoftBank has been a big investor in all of Uber's rivals around the world and basically funded Uber's competitors for years. You know, if you look at Ola in India, Ola and Uber's India operations are locked in this battle to the death, if you will. Maybe that's overstating it slightly. SoftBank has been a big backer of Uber's competitors. So it's a real victory for Uber. Number two, the deal will allow Uber's earliest investors and earliest employees to cash in. Anecdotally, I hear some early employees have been sitting on shares worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and they haven't been able to liquidate that. And so there's been a real pressure building up for individuals who just want some cash. And a lot of the early investors also want to diversify their portfolios and get some returns on their investment. So it's going to let off steam in that regard, open up the pressure valve to let off steam from these early investors who you know, invested in Uber back when it was just a fraction of its current size. So there's something in it for everybody, it seems. But were there any dissenting voices in all of this? Well, the board vote was unanimous. And To my mind, that unanimity was the biggest victory for the new chief executive, Dara Khosrowshahi, because he managed to bring everyone together. And despite the toing and froing over the weekend, it was unanimous. So, you know, I think that the story is not over. It's been a very dramatic year for Uber. There's going to be more drama to come. But for now, if not peace, it's at least a sort of lasting truce. Well, a truce and perhaps a a temporary victory for Dara Khosrowshahi, he has... Multiple problems, though, I guess, with Uber. What's his next task as you see it? There's so many that it's almost hard to put them in order of importance. This week, Dara has been in London to meet with regulators there who have revoked Uber's license to operate in its most important European market. So Dara has been trying to play the diplomat and to soothe tensions with London regulators, but we still don't know what the outcome of that will be. Uber's appealing that decision. Coming up is also a giant lawsuit 
Waymo, the self-driving car unit of Alphabet, has sued Uber over trade secret theft. Uber denies that it stole any confidential information from Waymo. But that case has really torn apart the whole self-driving car community and revealed some rather unpleasant things about how Uber went about building up its autonomous driving team last year. So that case is really a headache for Uber that's not about to go away. Amid Uber is also trying to turn over a new leaf with the drivers, who are the ones that basically keep the app functioning every day, the people behind the wheel. It's launched a new campaign called 180 Days of Change to try and adopt more driver-friendly policies and to try and restore trust and faith with the community of millions of drivers around the world who have felt a little bit lost in all of this. Well, it sounds like you've an awful lot more reporting to do on this company, Leslie. Leslie Hook in San Francisco, thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code mom.